0: Hello and welcome to this special report. Today we have Not So Fast. Hello. Hey there, what's up? We're going to be asking him a couple prompts, uh, some stuff that's timely, and then a little bit of stuff that's looking forward and uh, happy to have him on today.
1: Very, very pleased to get the chance to speak with you and thank you for your time.
0: Well, we talked last year, earlier, I think it was in the spring, but it just you know didn't pan out before but today you know we are live and we're gonna get some audio so this is good let's start with the first question you know tell me your thoughts about the concept of effective altruism
1: ah you know um i only thought about it very briefly when i first read that sort of tweet thread from sam bakeman fried that that he published i want to say last year where he was talking about sizing up bets and marginal utility of money being um you know not diminishing when you plan to allocate it to what you perceive to be the greater good and i thought okay this is a little bit you know i'm not a psychologist so i can't say it's narcissistic clinically but it does seem like um a, a start with a premise of well How can I get super, super rich and then justify it after the fact by dictating that I'll allocate it to, you know, to the charities? It seems a little bit like manufacturing self-royalty, and uh, I don't know whether it's 100% on the level. I mean if you take it literally it's definitely a good thing as presented nakedly without any you know context or background or or just assuming that it's true but you have it where you know it's it's kind of it's kind of a dictatorship like it's the opposite of a democracy where people have input on how they might like to be helped or how they might um specify they need to be helped the the sort of underlying assumption is that the person who made the money knows best how to allocate it. Um, And it gives rise to all sorts of questions, whether like, is it really, (laughs) I guess, effective in the most common sense? Is it going to be effective? Is it a way to self-pay? Is it a way to further, you know, uh, personal experimentation? um, And say, well, at least I tried if, the altruistic attempt doesn't work out or gets co-opted or gets uh misdirected or sort of used for a less it it, it does it doesn't work for a for a better way a lack of a better way to say it um
0: yeah, so it sounds like you're saying when the rubber hits the road, things are a little different
1: It may not work out as prescribed, but yeah, that's definitely. That's definitely what I am
0: saying. All right. So here's another question for you. How do you think entities should balance user growth versus best practices?
1: That's a really tough one because I don't <laughs> consider myself um, competent enough to make that decision at the scale of the matter at hand, which is FTX that got big enough in... in you know, financial slash monetary size and definitely zeitgeist size. Um, I don't know how large their organization actually was, Um, but it seemed like they outsourced best practices to whomsoever they might get to do the job so they could focus on, I guess, uh, super high-level risk management or lack thereof, or just you know driving the the whole, the whole concoction forward, and it seems to me like uh, from my from my limited perspective of being involved with places with best practices that it's nice to have something codified and. It's just, it, it, you know, it, it, can, it can slow down a fast-moving entity, the more sort of uh, minute and complicated your practices become. So if it's all dictated and there's a manual, pretty soon people don't or can't go off book because it's easier to just follow the instructions. And then, when you're following following the instructions, there's no room for for the serendipity that. Oh, right. Okay. So when when you're following, uh, I guess an expanded set of instructions, there's no room for the serendipity that would drive maximum creativity, alongside potential for growth or doing something new creating something uh, that makes a giant leap forward um you know a, a lot of that kind of development happens in a space where there aren't very many rules that you're supposed to adhere to yeah i agree so the bottom line for my answer for this question is i don't personally know from experience i can only guess but i feel like um, when responsibilities to others creep in, you definitely have to put some breaks and some risk controls on the creative exploration part so that it doesn't poison the rest of the operation.
0: Why is centralization such a dirty word? <laughs>
1: I don't think it's that dirty I, w- I wish it could we could see it as neutral as just you know an 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 end of a simple spectrum between centralization and centralization and decentralization um I think when you take it to a certain extreme um, or anything to a certain extreme it's easy to make it a dirty word and of course when in the cryptocurrency space, when we're trying to develop things that can run headless on their own we really want to um we aspire to make them decentralized so that they aren't just a reiteration of what's come before that we're actually doing something new and developing something new and or developing something old that can run on a headless decentralized system so it's only a dirty word in this space or this context, uh, this industry's context, where at the base level, we're trying to recreate existing centralized systems on a decentralized framework. And so, if you're making something that's centralized, then you're just wasting your time and efforts and, uh, and not really moving any further towards the goal. So, yeah, I don't think it's a dirty word personally. I think there are plenty of justifications for centralized systems but there are centralized aspects to things that are also decentralized like you know bitcoin mining is currently quite heavily geographically centralized to to Texas and that's a weird thing for a while it was geographically centralized to people's republic of china that's a entirely different weird thing the idea that all those miners and all that mining power could geographically move from one place to another over a relatively short period of months because of one sort of government's decision or decision set is also really weird and yet we extol bitcoin as A massive success progressing along the lindy curve of further begetting its own success because of its inherent decentralization but it's not completely decentralized in many aspects so it's not a dirty word there are elements of centralization even to the most decentralized systems and uh it is something to be avoided though if decentralization is what you're going for
0: can you explain the idea of potential non-technical attack vectors as it relates to your industry?
1: Wow. Uh, can you be a little more specific? So non-technical attack vectors, like social attack vectors, right? Like attack social vectors.
0: engineering.
1: Got it. Got it. Uh, as it relates to someone uh, personally being sort of self-sovereign with their own money and assets or uh, as it relates to systems that people are in charge of or kind of both kind of just all of it
0: you land on whatever beachhead you like
1: yeah all right <laughs> all right um because it's i i mean it, it's one of the oldest professions i guess is uh, you know scamming someone in confidence doing a con i mean social engineering is just uh codified and fluffed off fluffed up word to describe gaining and then abusing confidence um and trust and i don't think there's any way to to build systems that discount for it aside from you know uh great leaps forward such as the bitcoin network which sort of solved the the problem of having to trust each other while participating in running the exact same software you know that can be verified so in a sense it's really tricky to build off that one great leap forward because everything we do that doesn't Sort of directly called back to that, or anything we build that doesn't directly incorporate a provable hash function from that, you know, it's uh, it involves some degree of trust or central planning that that I guess can be co-opted and can be can be conned, can be affected negatively by by social engineering so it's a challenging thing to it's a challenging challenging thing to describe a set of practices that that work against it it's a lot like you know um antivirus like antivirus is always one tiny iterative step behind the actual viruses or attacks or whatever right like there's uh social engineering and cons and such will always be just slightly ahead of any codified and studyable system that's developed to make them harder to harder to do and i guess it can methods for like you know preventing and combating it all come down to common sense and awareness and attention to what you're doing managing your own risk and being mindful of the who, what, and where, and compartmentalizing trust, and recognizing degrees of trust, and total risk at stake in any given system or relationship. And that's a lot of mental work, and a lot of mental load. And we <laughs> our, our mental capacity for that is increasingly taxed, so it's hard to do.
0: It's easy to be tricked. As we wrap this year up and prepare to enter 2023, what are your sentiments on the future of mining?
1: The future of mining's kind of interesting because it has been pretty heavily affected by the macro headwinds and the economic headwinds. I'm... Once it became a big industry, I no longer became really involved in it because I'm an eternal amateur, I guess. And so what I used to know a whole lot about, I no longer do. Um, I still have some connections to it, but at the scale where it is, it's so far above and beyond the hobbyist expertise that I cultivated. I don't really know, but I do know a few things. There's a window of opportunity now to potentially go back against this trend of launching new blockchains that sort of belong to venture capitalists and a lot of first-mover insiders that have sort of gifted it to themselves. And there may be potentially the chance to launch something new that's fair and or build on existing fair systems that give others the opportunity to either get into something early and participate in the upside of network effects for that or or participate in existing systems as they get built out that aren't at the behest of existing and past whales so there's another factor too of sort of the the gpu shortage and uh it was pretty prevalent for a while and now that ethereum the formerly largest mined gpu proof of work network is proof of stake um there's a massive glut of gpus everywhere and of uh latent gpu Mining algorithm hash rate that has just kind of mostly gone offline and kind of gone to a few other GPU proof of work networks, but they're not really lucrative. But kind of nothing is. Uh, the even the Bitcoin mining industry is in the doldrums, and we're rapidly approaching another coin based block reward having So that uh, and that's all sort of at the mercy of the existing sort of poor risk-off macro conditions for all of it. And as we come off of this, as we have come off of this heady bull market where no, no ceiling in sight type of thing, um, a lot of what previously looked like sensible leverage to scale up operations is now very, very risky and not sensible at all. So, there's going to be some kind of consolidation, which is not super awesome for decentralization. And uh, it may turn out that the survivors, at least on the mining side, will centralize a lot of the remaining proof-of-work networks amongst a smaller set of uh, industrialized miners, maybe even an oligopoly. And we see that a lot uh, in proof of state networks that have, uh, you know, solidified their ownership amongst just a few validators that can that are at risk of chain censorship by collusion between you know two or even not even collusion just at the behest of like one one central validator. So uh, no easy answers. Uh, It doesn't look any better for the future of mining than it does for a lot of industries right now. But the one thing I know is that the macro moves quickly and narratives drive a lot of it. And uh, as soon as some people start (laughs) uh, seeing an upside to being greedy during the period of fear and risk-off environment, then they're going to do that and others will follow and uh, the cycle will continue.
0: Well, that's the last question that I have. I appreciate you joining me today to answer some questions and give us your thoughts.
1: Yeah, I really appreciate it as well. Thanks for uh, taking the time.
0: That was not so fast talking uh, timely about the industry, some of the big news stories that we have been encountering this week, and I'll look forward. Appreciate you taking a listen. Talk to you next time.